three Sundays ago, I preached. And as soon as I left here, I did what I normally do. Got in my car on the way home and started thanking the Lord for an awesome day. And I said to him, like I always do, God, this was an awesome day. Thank you for all the things you did. Da, 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 right, right. And then I said to him what I always say, but what do you want me to tell him next time? Now, I knew that next time at that point would be three weeks from last Sunday. Because I knew the week after that, Pastor Bradley, the week after that, be Brother Gary. I knew, I knew all of that. So, uh, if you've been around here for a long time, you know that uh, within the last couple of months, the Lord has given me some words. They're, they're powerful, but they're, they're kind of strong. Has anybody felt like they were kind of rough? Anybody felt like you're not raising your hand, you're being nice to me, but some of you are like, man, we feel like we've been getting whipped on for the last couple, you know. And it wasn't intentional. It was just you preach with the Lord. This is where the church is. This is what we need to say, so that's what you do. And so it's, it had been kind of those kind of weeks going up into that vacation time of, I was like, God, wow. I mean, I'm just going in there one week after the next. And, and uh, some people like to go to church and get whipped. It's really weird, but a lot of people don't. I mean, what's crazy about this is that after all these years of being in ministry, some of the harshest messages that they always delivered in love, but some of the ones that were most the most convicting were the ones that you get the most comments on. People are like, now that's, con- that's preaching right there. I like that. And I think it's because those are the people that are saying that was for someone I know, and it wasn't me, right? I'm so glad you tore him up. But it felt like, you know, for a couple of weeks there, we had those kind of messages. And then I knew with, with Bradley and with Gary that, that the Lord would, there would be a transition in between that. And I just said to him, Lord, what do you want me to tell him when I get back? And so Monday, which would be three weeks from tomorrow, on Monday, the Lord gave me this word. I've got this, I very rarely get to do this because I preach so often. I very rarely have a chance to kind of, to kind of stew on something for three weeks. Usually it's just a few days. But this time, I've been, this one has been in my spirit for three weeks. God said, comfort my people. And I feel that when I say that, just saying that right there, I feel the anointing of what is about to happen in this room. God said, comfort my people. And I started looking up that word, that phrase. And I said, God, where, where, do, you, where, do, you want me to, where do you want me to bring that from? And he pointed me to Isaiah chapter 40. I want you to turn there with me, if you would, now to verse 1, modern King James where he says, comfort, oh, comfort my people, says your God. Continuing on in verse 2, speak lovingly to the heart of Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is done, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of Jehovah's hand double for all her sins. Now, I get it. In light of everything that is happening in our world right now, uh, specifically in Israel. Because those of you that are ahead of me are already saying, that's Isaiah, that's God speaking to the nation of Israel in their captivity in Babylon. And are you getting ready to try to get up there and comfort the nation of Israel? No, I am not. Because if you're in Israel right now, this, isn't, this is a time you need comfort, but it's not the comfort time. They, I'm not going to stand up here, and what I'm about to say is not a prophetic word about the nation, about the, 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 of Israel. It's not about them at all, and, and you'll see why, because they're, where they are, there's something going. There's a chapter in the book being written right now in Israel. God is at work, 
he's always been in the, in the lives of his people. And what he's doing there is a different message. This is not me trying to say, wow, God's saying for me to bring, to bring word uh, of comfort to people who have family there or whatever or to that nation. That's not what this is about. This is not even to this nation. Because after I finish with this word, if you make the mistake of going home tonight and watching the news, you will immediately know that I, if I said what I'm about to say about this nation, you walk away from the news tonight and say, our pastor's a false prophet. Because if I was to claim over this nation the things that I'm about to claim over somebody here today, and then you were to see what's going on and on the news and hear what's then you'd be like he is so completely out of touch this is not hear me this is not a message of me to israel it's not a, na- a message to to the nation of uh, to this to this nation united states i know that this was ri- these past this passage was written corporately to a group of people the people of israel i realize who it was to But the message that the Lord has given me from this passage is not to a nation at all. It is to individuals. God has said to me from this passage to comfort his people. So today I'm talking to individuals. Don't walk away and say he tried to stretch the word and tell us everything in the world is going to be okay. All right? He said this morning the war is about to end over there. He said this morning this nation's going to, I'm going to tell you something right now. This nation is not about to change for the good anytime soon. I love it. Still the best nation in the world. Huh? But we're heading into election season. Josh Morgan calls it riot season. I think that's so funny. Is it's, that's what happens. It's, it's a year out from election, so guess what? Be glad you don't live in a city where you get your car set on fire. So I'm not going to stand up here right now and, and try to speak prophetically to any, any nation or any situation like that. This is a time of turbulence. I'm not going to get into politics, although sometimes the word of God is political. You cannot stay out of politics and preach the word of God. Simply by preaching the word of God, you speak politically. Because God is over all government. He's the, he instituted all government. So you can't take him out of government. And there's a right and a wrong way that government should take place. Sometimes they overlap. And sometimes when they overlap, people get angry, depending on where they stand or what I'll decide, whatever that may be. But that's not today. The pulpit's not my place to state my opinions. It's only the place where I tell you what the Word of God says. And so God simply said to me, To comfort you, you his people. Any of you that are his people, say amen. Are there any people in this room who, who, number one, are you're God's people, and number two, you need comforting. Anybody that's God's people needs comforting, raise your hand. Then this is to you. And the rest of you that say, well, I'm God's person, but I don't need comforting, praise the Lord, you're having an awesome time. Hang on, you might need this message this week. Because, hang on, because life will change. Maybe not. Maybe it may take a couple of weeks. But bookmark this thing for when it becomes your day. But right now, it's all the people that raised their hand. They said, I've come to church today, and I'm struggling, and I need to hear a word from God. I need to be comforted. Then this is your word. 
Albert Barnes wrote about this passage that we're going to look at. He said, the scene where this vision is laid is in Babylon. The time is near the close of the captivity. The topic or, or the main subject of the consolation is stated in the following verse. That that captivity was about to end. Notice that captivity. For those poor people had several seasons and continue to endure seasons of captivity. But that captivity was about to end and that brighter and happier days were to succeed their calamities and their exile. So I want you to understand where we're going with this. In their homeland, for the people that this was, when it was originally written and it was, they were originally receiving this word, they are in Babylon. They have been there. It is now nearing 70 years. And if I had the time to go in, I did some research on what that would have been like for Daniel and the Hebrew boys and all those people that ended up, I mean, the, 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 the culture of Babylon was such a terrible and different place from the culture of Israel. Some of the things that, that it, when you read of, uh, uh, of some of the um, historians of that time, whether they were prejudiced toward that place or not, regardless of their bent, some of the things that they said that happened there were so deplorable. The, 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 the children of Israel bring a, a nation of people of one God being brought into a culture where that they celebrated many gods and that they had temples where they actually had prostitutes hired and that sexual acts were a part of the worship. In fact, one of the historians said, and I, I hate to, to even have to say this to you, but that every female who grew up in Babylon... In that culture, was required to go sit at the temple at some point in her life when, she, from the time that she, you know, when she reached of, of age, before she was married, she would go sit at the temple, and the first man that came to the temple and threw a coin in her lap, she had to have sex with that man and use that coin to pay the taxes before she could even find the person that she was going to marry. And at some of those girls, and he used, actually used, the, you know, the historian used the word, and I'm not trying to be funny, or certainly not trying to be funny, but he said that some of the ugly girls sat there for three or four years waiting for somebody to throw a coin in their lap. Can you imagine living in a culture, being brought into a culture, a culture where that God was whether you serving him or not, kind of like a lot of people in this nation, at least there was a semblance, at least if you wanted to know truth, you could. And there was a remnant of people that were serving God all the time in Israel. And there was worship that was happening there that was correct, even though there was happening in other places it was not. But there was correct worship there. And to be taken from that place, to be taken from Jerusalem, your temple where you worshiped God destroyed dragged into another place to sit there for 70 years and watch your baby girls have to grow up in that culture. Can't imagine it, can you? These people had suffered in this situation. And when they didn't, what happened to them? Well, ask Daniel. 
Daniel says, I'm going to throw the windows open and keep serving my God. Okay, Daniel, you're going in a lion's den. Hebrew boys, we're not going to bow to that, to that idol. and We're not going to do all this sexual stuff. Okay, we'll throw you in a fiery furnace. Right? And how many other people do we not get to read about who maybe things didn't go that way for them. Maybe they didn't bow and they did burn. Who knows? But if you're a person that's been there now for 70 years in such an adverse situation, you would have loved to hear a word like I'm about to share coming your way. You might not have been able to receive it. You might have been having a really hard time believing it because after 70 years of sitting there day after day, having your conscience tore out, watching these things happen in front of you that are so deplorable, after having to be a part of that for 70 years and somebody comes along and says it's about to be over and you're like, well, I'm, I'm, I would love that, but I'll believe it when I see it. And for some of you in this room, the season that you've been in has been so hard, so harsh, and so deplorable that now for me to come in and say, God has told me, hey, if this is about to be over, you're like, mm, I'm going to struggle with this, Pastor. But I'll hear you out. How many of you, how many of you think it's going to be hard to receive, but you'll hear me out? Hmm? Thank you. I saw one hand. I appreciate that. rest of you enjoy the nap. These folks had gone through hell for 70 years, and it was almost over. According to the word of God, they were about to get out of this sinful place, and they were going to get to go back home. Now, that would have brought joy and peace and rest and all of that once it came to pass. But... Some of them would have really been down and they would have struggled to be able to receive this word. I want to paint that picture. I just want you to understand before I go any further. Some of you in this room right now and some of you that are watching my live stream right now are, are, are saying, that's me. I mean, I haven't, had to, I haven't had to live in Babylon for 70 years, but man, what we've been through for the last three years, what we've been through for the last six months, what we've been through for the last two weeks, what we've been through for the last 10 years, what, what this sickness has done to me for the last 20 years, whatever that might be, already something is happening in you that you're like, well, I'm listening because I got hope. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm with you because I got hope. I hope this is for me. Well, some of you that are raising your hand, and hopefully all of you, by the time we get done, are going to be able to say, I know for sure this is my word. This is why God, me, God brought me here today. And there's something that you need to understand. When God speaks his word, it comes to pass. Did you hear that? If God says it, it comes to pass. Devil can't stop it. Demons can't stop it. Evil leaders can't stop it. Evil family members can't stop it. You don't even have to believe it. But if God says it, it's going to happen. So whether you even lift your hand and say, I received it, you don't even have to receive this word. If God says something about your life, then that's how it's going to be. So some of you can let that leap in your spirit. Others of you, it's going to take a few more minutes. So God told Isaiah, comfort. He uses the word comfort twice. Look, he said, comfort, oh, comfort. He uses the word twice because he's stressing to make the point. Comfort, oh, comfort, my people. What's he about to do for them? What's coming for them? I want you to get your pen and your paper. Get ready to take a couple of notes. We're going to have three points, and then the last point is going to have three sub points. 
You're like, is that going to take a long time? Nope. Better hang on. It's going to move. But I got to show you this. God says to someone, number one, your hardship is over. Look at verse 2. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 2a. Speak lovingly to the heart of Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is done. Now, you need to understand. I'm going to break this down, what this means. Have you you ever tried to uh, comfort a a, a stray dog that you felt sorry for and you wanted to give it something to eat? You wanted to give it some water? What did you have to do to get it to come to you? Did you say, come here, I want to give you something to eat. Get over here. That dog's tail go between his legs. It's already being abused. It runs off someplace to hide. You're like, well, he did not understand my intentions. I was getting ready to feed him and give him some milk. Where's he going? What's wrong with that dog? Sometimes you have to be careful about how you speak to someone because the words are not enough. It's the way you deliver a message that allows somebody to be able to receive it. So he says to Isaiah right here, hey, Isaiah, be cool, man. I want you to tell them, I want you to tell them something, but I want you to speak lovingly to the heart of Jerusalem. I want you to cry to her that her warfare is done. So here's what that means. It means that he is going to speak kindly. He is kindly going to make this announcement. Come here, boy. Come on, I got some milk for you. Come on, come on. You okay? Come on, come here. Has a much better chance of getting the dog to come than screaming and waving a stick at him. Am I right? So he says, speak kindly. They've been through it, Isaiah. These folks have been through it for 70 years. They're going to have a hard time receiving this word. They're in a brilliant really down time. They're, they're hearing the enemy scream terrible things at them. All. They got tough stuff going on in their life. They, they got kids that don't do right. They got money that ain't coming in. They got all kind of, they got illnesses that the doctor can't figure out what to do. They got bad stuff going on. Speak kindly to them. Speak to their heart. What am I going to tell them, God? He said, tell them that this season of warfare, this hardship, this particular battle is accomplished. It's satisfied. It's done. Now, some of you are getting that. Tears already starting to well up in your eyes because just hearing that right there, you're like, he just said that what I've been going through is over. The hardship is over. The season is finished. The difficult time is complete. And here's what I want you to understand. You made it. You're here. You you didn't think you were going to. There were times that you thought it was too much to bear. There were times you thought you were going to lose your mind. There were times you you thought you were going to lose your family. There were times you thought you were going to lose your job. There's times you thought you were going to lose it all. But look at you. You may have came discouraged today, but you're here. Breathe. Rest. Worship. You got through it. 
God brought you through it again just like he has every other time in your life. You say, but this one almost took me out. But it didn't. It didn't. And the good news is it's over. And somebody who knows right now, they're saying, wow, I just went from something just clicked in my spirit. I just went from hoping it was for me. Something just happened and I realized this is for me. And your spirit just changed. I want you to look at the second thing in verse 2. He said, tell them your iniquity is pardoned. Look at, verse, look at the second part of verse 2. That her iniquity is pardoned. And it means that her sin is forgiven. But it means two things. Her sin is forgiven and her punishment is complete. And sometimes we don't talk a lot about that. So I want, I, I'm going to give you some stuff. I want you to pay attention. I want you to hang on with me for a few minutes now. We're real good at when we finally get ready to give everything to Jesus surrendering but we're not real good then at enduring what our actions have brought on us what i mean by that is i hear people say this to me pastor i gave my heart to jesus i I was living in sin i had a lot of stuff going on but i gave my heart to jesus and you wouldn't believe it i still lost my driver's license (laughs) what is going on man i still lost my job my wife still left took the kids I don't know if she's coming back or not. Well, she might be. But the fact that she left after you've been abusing her all this time and not knowing that you really mean it this time makes sense. It's not on God. That's not on God. You've been making dumb decisions. You've been doing stupid things. And all of a sudden you decide, you finally decided you're going to surrender everything. And so you just think that the whole world ought to know what only God knows. Well, I'm changed. Well, they don't know that. Well, I'm different. Well, they don't know that. You're going to have to prove that. You're going to have to show that. Well, how come, how come, how come I still got to go to jail? Well, because you did a crime. You committed a crime. So you still, got to, you still got to pay for the crime. Well, doesn't God forgive me? Yeah, God forgives you. He's done. Sin is forgiven. But now there's a price to pay. Still. Well, I'm, a, I'm, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Why shouldn't I clap out of that? You don't get to clap out of that. Wouldn't that be nice? You don't get to do that. You know, when I was young, I lost everything in one day. I mean, I made some boneheaded, stupid decisions. And I lost my car, my job. I lost my, uh, my driver's license. I lost everything in one day. And it took me a little while to figure out what was going on. I mean, I, I, guys, I was, I was living by myself. I was making lots of money. I, I, I would hide more money around the house, you know, because I was single. And uh, I would, you know, my mom and dad would come to visit me, and they, she'd find money all over that. She'd say, son, there's hundreds of dollars in there. It's all sitting around here. I'm like, well, you know, I cash checks, and I hide money different places. Right? And in one day... I lost everything. And the next thing I knew, they're picking me up and telling me, you don't live. Check this out. I was 18 years old, living in a brand new three-bedroom, two-story house by myself. Huh? Driving a new Camaro. 
which some of you are like, well, be, well, it was a big deal back in 1981, right? Come and go as I want. I'd go to bed sometimes at night, and at 2 or 3 o'clock, knock on the door. Buddies would say, we're going to town. Get up. Let's go party. I'd be like, i got to be at work at 7. Okay, let's go. Make sure I get back in time that I can, you know, take something so I can clear my head. And, and uh, some of you are like, man, I understand. I've been down that road. Because the people I ran with didn't work. <laughs> they just come pick me up at 2 or 3 in the morning because I had money. And in one day, all of that was over. And the next thing I know, I don't have a car. I don't have a job. I don't have a driver's license. I don't have nothing. And I'm sitting in the passenger seat of my mom's car, and she's driving me around. 19 years old, riding around with my mama. She's taking me back and forth. I had to go get a job. She's driving me back and forth to work because I don't have a car anymore. I don't have a driver's license anymore. And in that period of time, I got to start trying to get my life right, give, thinking and coming back to my senses and praying and all. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I've, I've kind of got things back on track. And I couldn't understand it when the state of Arkansas uh, sent something to me in the mail that said, you still not going to have no driver's license for six months. I'm like, well, that's not right. I'm doing right now. I mean, I hadn't been this clear-headed in a long time. I haven't been making these kind of decisions in a long time. Why are they going to punish me now? I should have been punished me when I was. They punish you whenever you get caught. So God had forgiven me for my sin, but the law demanded that I pay for my actions. This is what had happened in to the children of Israel. When they had repented of their sins some point in that captivity, some of them didn't take them very long. When they got there, within two, three days, they repented. Oh, God, we're sorry. Some of them, it might have took a year. I doubt it took any of them, 70, to come to their mind and say, this wasn't a good decision. I wish we were back home. And yet they had to sit there for 70 years because... That's what that crime that they had committed corporately as a nation demanded. And so God said, yeah, you're my people. I love you. I forgive you. Sit in Babylon for 70 years. So whenever they heard this word, it was a big deal. He said, tell them that their iniquity is pardoned. It means their sin is forgiven and the punishment is complete. So they had sinned and God allowed them to be punished. Same thing may happen to you. You may be in a hard season because of some decisions you made. God forgave you, but you still got to pay back the penalty for your choices. But that doesn't mean God doesn't love you. In fact, it means the opposite. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. God loves you so much that the reason that you sit in Babylon sometimes for 70 years or 15 minutes or whatever it might be, is because he's going to make you deal with this so that you never come back to a harmful, hurtful place like this again. That's how much he loves you. I repent of my sin and God makes me still go through the punishment? Yeah. 
He forgives you, loves you, but you still got to go through this because he don't want you ever to be dumb enough to have to go back here again. Isn't that good? So I'm here to tell you now, to those that this word is for, that this season is coming to a close. So you've been faithful. You paid the price in patience. You continue to worship him all the way through this. The sin was forgiven maybe way back when you repented. But now, too, the penalty has been paid. The lesson's been learned. Scripture said that God chastises those he loves. Your sin is forgiven. The punishment is complete. Praise the Lord. So there's two things right there. The hardship is over. The season has come to an end. The iniquity and the punishment is paid for. Are you still with me? Number three, look at here. The latter part of verse two. For she has received to Jehovah's hand double for all of her sins. Your bounty is doubled. Now, i got to show that to you. I feel like I need to explain some things to you today because I, I, you, you need to understand what's going on here. I, I, can't just, I can't just give you these points. You've got to understand where they come from. Look at this. For she has received a Jehovah's hand double for all of her sins. Does that, when you read that, does that mean that they have to pay double for their sins? I, I don't think so. What was, was God, in, was it saying that God is imposing double the punishment on them? Or rather, does it mean that since they have satisfied the debt, that now God is going to double the blessing what punishment had inflicted? I think that's what it means. And I'm about to show you why I think that's what it means. And if that's the case, then that's good news. That's shouting news right there. Now, I want to ask you a question. When in Scripture do you ever remember God punishing his kids with a punishment double than they deserved? Now, people that weren't his kids, they got some pretty harsh stuff. People that were his kids, they got punished. But when was it ever double? So what I mean by that is that God had said, you're going into captivity for 70 years. And then in the middle of it, he says, yeah, I was just kidding. You're really going for 140. Huh? God don't do that. God is a merciful God. In fact, he is so much pay, more patient. He, he always treats us way better than we would treat each other. When have you ever seen in Scripture that God said, you know what? You deserve this, so I'm going to give it to you and double. We're just, just studying the, the, the history of Israel shows you over and over how many times they mess up and God continues to say, okay, I'm going to forgive you again. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive you again. Okay, I'm going to forgive you again. You got, you're going to go to captivity here. You're going to be in trouble there. You're going to lose a battle there. Da, 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 da. But, okay, you deserve to lose a battle, but you don't deserve to lose the war. Do you see where I'm going with this? I don't think that God is saying that he's going to impose double the punishment I think he was saying that he was going to double in blessing what punishment had inflicted. And I'm going to show you why, why I came to that. Look at where it says, she has received of Jehovah's hand double for all of her sins. We've got to, go, we've got to understand what Jehovah's hand is in order to get this. Jehovah's hand, of course you know who Jehovah is. Jehovah's hand here represents three things. The hand here is open. It is a powerful hand. And from this hand 
It is bountiful. Jehovah's hand here, that's what it means. You go and you study what that means. Jehovah's hand here means open, powerful, and bountiful. So what he's saying is his people receive from his open, powerful, bountiful hand double for all the sins she suffered for. I believe that's the correct understanding. And, and I'm going to continue to show you why I believe that. That's why there's three subpoints to this last one. He writes the, there, the scripture continues on, verses 6 through 8. It says, his word stands forever. Uh, verses 9 through 31, he is a great God. It goes on and on. And, and it, it, he spends the rest of that time telling us how good and how great God is and what God is all about. It doesn't talk about how that God is going to, you know, how he's a, an avenger and how he's a killer and, he's a, and how he wants to punish. It, it goes and it's talking about the greatness, the goodness of God. So, but, I, but that's not enough. I want to point this out to you in different ways. The first one, letter A, if you're writing them down, this is, this is, this is verse 3. This is why I believe that he's saying that you won't receive double punishment, but you'll receive double blessing. All right, are you ready? Everybody clear so far? I want to make sure I'm communicating this very clearly because, truthfully, my head hadn't been real clear the last few days. So I got to make sure that you're getting what I'm trying to tell you. Look at verse 3. Why would this be here if he is wanting to say, this punishment is going to be doubly inflicted? Then, then this verse 3 would say, and I'm going to kick the snot out of you, and I'm going to kill all your children, and I'm going to... Cause your crops not to grow. And I'm going to make all the tires on your car flat tomorrow when you go to work. It don't say that. Look what it says. It says, the way of God will be prepared for you. God ain't preparing the way for folks that are getting kicked around. Look, look at Isaiah 3 and 4. A voice cries out in the desert. Clear a way for the Lord. Make a straight highway in the wilderness for our God. Every valley will be raised. Every mountain and hill will be lowered. Steep places will be made level. Rough places will be made smooth. I want you to see a picture right here. I want you to see a picture of people that have been in captivity and they are beat down. They've been there 70 years. And they know that the road they took from where they were to where they are wasn't easy. Those of them that have been there and are old enough to remember. There are people in there that are part of that group that are probably 75, 80, 90, 95, 100 years old, whatever it is. Were old enough to remember when Babylon sacked them and burnt the temple and took them. They remember that and they remember the journey from Jerusalem to Babylon. And it was not an easy road. They remember that. It's steep. It's rough. The terrain is terrible. And so now those of them that remember that. Here comes Isaiah saying. God has said this season's over. It's coming to an end. Okay. That's good. Punishment. It's done. He forgives you, and you've completed this phase of punishment. That's done, too. Thank God. Cool. Says he's taking you back. Well, all right. We're going back home. Praise God. We're going home. 
Now, that's where a lot of people would stop with the message. to be like, they're going home and shout, and we're all going home, right? Now, somebody in the room says, well, I remember what that road was like. We're not in much of a shape to be able to. We've been beat up for 70 years. We're not in much shape to be able to make that journey. That was, a, that was a basically a death march. Some of you in this room right now are like, hey, God says things are going to turn around. He's gonna, we're, getting, we're going to a new place. But some of you are like, I, I thank God this is over. I don't feel like going anywhere. I'm tired. I'm beat up. And then here's what God says. Well, here's what I'm going to do, he said. Because this was not, like we said, this is not a smooth, paved, shaded, air-conditioned ride on a sightseeing bus back home. It wasn't like Babylon's going to say, let's load y'all up and take y'all back home. This is a treacherous way back home. But when God decides that it's time to go back to where he wants you to be, he can make a way where there is no way. So he said to these people, that even though the way was rough, he's going to make it seem smooth. Look back at the verse. He said, it's going to feel like that the valleys come up and the mountains come down. See, I, you, you didn't ever know what that meant before, did you? He, he's going to make it feel like that the rough is going to be smooth and the steep is going to be level. So the road isn't going to change. He's not physically going to change the terrain from Babylon back to Jerusalem. He's not going to miraculously make those things happen. He's just going to put something in you that allows you to go back home and not think about how rough the road is getting there. So that when you get back where you're going and somebody, it's like somebody just gave birth to a baby. What was that like, you ask her? She's like, well, I mean, it was rough, but I don't care because I'm holding this baby right now. I got this baby in my arms. It was worth it. It was worth it. It's worth it on this side. That's what he's saying to them. You may feel tired. You may, it may have been a rough road. You may be worn out. You may be worn down. You may be broken up. But he said, I'm going to make it feel like because I'm taking you home. I'm the one doing this. So I'm going to make it seem smoother than it is. I'm going to make it seem less treacherous than it really is. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to be so excited about going home. You're going to be shouting and rejoicing in the victory and the blessings of me all the way back home. That when you get there, somebody's going to say, how rough was the ride? You're going to be like, I don't even remember. Was it curvy? Yeah, it was just as curvy as when we went. It was curvy coming back. Was it steep? Yeah. Well, how come you're not tired? I don't know. Just didn't, I, I, it, 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 it just never got to me. I just never thought, I'm just not thinking about it. I've been thinking about the goodness of God. The way of God will be prepared for you. That's letter A. Letter B is the glory of God will be revealed to you. That's in verse 5. Then the Lord's glory will be revealed and all people see it together. The Lord has spoken. So here's what he's saying. 
that you're going to witness. You are going to witness the splendor of God, but other people around you are going to see it as well. They're going to have to acknowledge his hand on you. And some of you have been in that place for a long time where there's been people that thought, man, you must have really, have you ever felt like that? That, you know, you were in that season of punishment. You've, you'd for, you've been forgiven. You asked God for forgiveness and you'd moved on by it, but you're having to go through some stuff. And there are people like, well, he lives and he's, the reason he's doing that is because he's a sinner. And you know you're not. Right? Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt the judgment of other people because of the circumstance that you were in? And you were like, I know I have to go through this. I, I know I'm having to go through this, but I'm going, doing the best I can. I'm staying joyful, and I'm not going to quit on God. And other people around you are like, you're going through that because you're a sinner. You're a sinner. That's the reason why you're in that fix, because you're a sinner. And all that may be true. It may be true. But you were, you, you, you were doing the best you could do. But now all of a sudden, God says, here's what's going to happen. Whenever I bring you out of this and I start taking you back home, everybody is going to have to recognize my hand on you. They got to let up on the judgment. They got to quit talking the trash and the smack. They got to let up on, because they're going to recognize God's doing something in her life. God doing something big in his life. They're different. They've, they've gone from this place and they're moving into this place. And, and I can see things are changing. Things are happening. Doors are opening. I better get out of their way. I better quit talking all the smack. I better quit doing what I've been doing. Because it looks to me like God's got his hand on their life. Receive that word. And the last part's in verse 29, 31. The strength of God will be restored to you. Look at 29 to 31. He gives strength to those who grow tired. He increases the strength of those who are weak. Even young people grow tired and become weary. Young men stumble and fall. Yet the strength of those who wait with hope in the Lord is going to be renewed. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not become weary. They'll walk and not grow tired. How about that? Who's this word for today? I don't know. Who's it for? There's some in this room that say they, that they hope it is, but they're not sure. There's some that know it's not. But there's some in this room who have a deep-seated knowing, a deep-seated knowing that God is specifically speaking this word to you. God said, go up there. Three weeks ago, he said, when you get back, go comfort my people. I'm like, I'm going to tell you the truth. For three weeks, I was like, God, that's rough because that means I've got, you've given me a word and I got to carry something for three weeks and I'm excited about sharing. But that means that somebody's got three more weeks of uh, tough times. And so some of you are thinking back right now. You're like, man, these last three weeks have been rough. Boy, I wish I could. How many of you are saying right now, I wish I'd have had this word three weeks ago. You know why you didn't have this word three weeks ago? Because it wasn't time. Because God wasn't saying it. He told me then to tell you today. Because he knew you needed these last three weeks to get to today. And then today, whenever he spoke this word to you, it would, it would resonate in your spirit. And you'd be like, that's for me. That's my word right there. I am that person. You've been faithful. You never gave up. You never quit. But you've been in one of the worst battles in your life. You say it's been long. It's been dark. It's been quiet. But you've held tightly to God through it. And now God says to you today, be comforted. 
be comforted. What does comfort mean? It means everything that we just showed you. That's what God said I'm about to do. The season is over. You're forgiven and the punishment is satisfied. I'm going to take you back to where you need to be. I'm going to make it seem okay. I'm going to let my glory be on you and make other people even acknowledge it. That my hand is on you. And I'm going to give you strength. Because you've been so tired. I don't need this for my ego. I don't, I don't need people to raise their hands, stand up, and run. I don't need all that for my ego. I don't, I'm past all. I don't care. I'm too old and been brown too long. Don't, I, don't get, I don't need that. I just, I just tell it what I'm told to tell. But for your sake and for you to allow faith to kick in, if this word is for you today and you know it, I want you to stand to your feet. You're like, now here, here's, 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 here's something I want you to know, specifically. And for some of you, this is, what's going, this is, what's going, uh, this is what is going to tear it. Some of you got up this morning and asked God for a specific word for your life. Who is that? Raise them up. You got up this morning and you said, God, give me a specific word for my life. Raise your hand up. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. At the end of this message, if you're in that dark place and you still don't know that this is for you, then it might not be. But for those of you that are in this spot and you know throughout this message, the Holy Spirit has spoken and said, this was your word and you know it's for you. Then I want you to come right down here. feel that wow give me your hand right there whoo bro dude that's powerful right there man do you feel that <laughs> it's been a long hard season I know you've been in it together but Lisa it's weight on you harder. I don't even know what it is. It's weight on. Come here. Get behind her. Stand behind her, Tim. Put your hand on her shoulder. Touch her right there, Holy Ghost. Yeah. Release that right there. Lisa, just dig your hands up. And when you put them up, throw it away. Just throw it away. There it goes. There it goes. I'm not weird. <laughs> I'm really not. But I know I'm right. Todd, 
Lift up both your hands. Holy Spirit, right there. Right there. Todd, look here. It's over. It's done. You did it. You did it. You did it. Nick? One more time. One more time. God, what's that mean? One more time. He prayed one more time. God, one more time. I don't know. Lift up both your hands. Maybe you said, God, forgive me one more time. Or God, give me one more chance. God said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, Nick, look here. Look here. Look at me. God said, I'm going to give you way more than one more chance. I'm going to give you way more than one more. I'm going to give you, Nick, I'm going to give you as many as it takes. Because I know you. I made you. I know how you think. Church, I want you just, just pray with us right now. Just extend your hands and just pray with us. I believe that the Holy Spirit, He doesn't, Emmanuel, He doesn't need me to do anything besides what I've done to set you free. I don't have to lay hands on you. I don't have to speak words. I don't have to do, God said, I have, you comfort my people. Tell them what I said. And then He'll he'll do the rest. What needs to happen for everybody standing in this line right now is this. The realization. And so I'm still seeing it in your faces. You're up here and you're, you have such a hope. You're like, oh, I so hope. I so hope that this is real. I so hope that this is true. I so hope that this is right. Because that's how we are so many times. We're like, I know God. We, we learn this in our journey groups. God is able. God is willing. God, I I know God can, but that orphan spirit, what's it tell us? I just don't know if he will for me. Right? Remember the orphan, how many of y'all the orphan spirit? I know God can. I've seen him do it for a bit. I just don't know if he will for me. I want you to let the realization sink in right now. If you're standing here and you're acknowledging that this word, number one, is for you, and number two... You're saying, I have been convinced by hearing this word that, it's, that, that, that this is me. I specifically asked God for something, and he, and he just gave it to me. I don't know what else he, more he can do. So what I want you to do before you go any further is there needs to be a realization that this is your word. This isn't me. I didn't make this up. I've been sitting on this for three weeks. You got to accept this and say, this is my word. And when you do that, then all of a sudden, it's going to start sinking in. God said to me, this battle is over. Might be more in the future, but he said, this battle is over. You got to get that in your spirit. 
He said to you, this battle is over. And yeah, you're forgiven. Yeah, you, 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 there was a punishment phase maybe. But you did it. Right? And I'm going to take you back to that place of joy. I'm taking you back to that place of rest and peace. Lord, I'm so tired. No, no, no. I said, I'm going to make the valleys low and the, I'm bringing the, mountain, the valley up and the mountain down and, and straighten the corner and, and, and make it smooth. And you're not even going to notice it because my hand is going to be on you. I wish somebody would let that get in their soul right now. And as soon as you do, I want you to lift up your hands. As soon as you, as soon as you let that word get in your soul, I want you to lift up both of your hands. Lift up both of your hands. And tell God right now. Are you ready? Tell God, I receive this word. I receive this word and I am walking in this word. I'm going to walk in this word. God brought somebody here today. Don't even go here all the time. He specifically brought somebody here today for this. They not even don't, don't even normally not even normally here. You, you don't you, you just got up today and like I thought, I'm going to Trinity Fellowship. I don't even, who who is that? Is that you? Who else? Who else? Anybody else? You can still be anybody in the room? Anybody else? Come step up right here. I don't I, I guess I I don't, I don't know if I know you or not. Have we ever met? Okay. Is there somebody else that, that you don't even you don't even normally go to this church, but God just brought you here today, and 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 you got up this morning and you said, "Lord, what did you say?" Yeah. Yes. God, I need I need a specific word. I need a specific word. Is that something you prayed? That's what you prayed. Put your hands up. What's your name? Michelle? Praise God. Josh, come over here. Connor, just lay hands on her shoulder right there. Today's a day, Michelle. Today's the day. Amen. Be free. Hey, be free. And there, there, there I see, you know what I'm talking about. I see some chains. They're about to hit the ground. You know what they are. And the only reason you held on to some of this is because it, it, it was a crutch in your mind. You, hadn't, you never wanted it. You held on to it because you thought you had to have it because you were trying to figure out where God was. And today God says, I'm all that you need. Whew, you feel that? He says, he says I'm all you need. And those chains are going to fall. Lift your hand right there. Lift that other hand up. Surrender that. In the name of Jesus, touch her right there. Solidify that, God. Solidify it. Holy Spirit, touch her. Holy Spirit, you touch her. You touch her. Holy Spirit, you touch her. You touch her, Lord. Me, I'm not touching her. Holy Spirit, you touch her. Let her hear in her. Let her hear in the spirit realm. Let her hear those chains at the floor. Free. 
freedom is coming into her life. Liberty. Freedom like she hadn't known since she was 15 years old. Huh? You know what that means? Yeah. Just coming back to that place, God. And rest is coming and sleep and peace in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Church, can we just be patient in God's presence? in this line the the uh, the the season has been illness it's been the reason you're up here is because it's been illness of pain illness of some sort amen amen Chris I want you I want some of you guys come up here man Chris come up here Deborah we got some oil over there Chris, I want you to do something. You and Josh. I want you to take that oil right there. And the people that lifted their hands, they need physical healing. I want raise your hand. You need physical healing. Keep it up. I want them to be able to see who you are. I want you, you guys, I want you men to go over and I want you to just anoint them with oil. Now here's the thing. The Lord has already spoken his word. He's already told them. So what you're praying, Lord, that, that this, you, you just laying a hand in, in obedience, anointing them with oil and laying a hand on them and saying, receive it in the name of Jesus. Just receive the healing in the name of Jesus. Tell them that right there, Josh. Receive that. Those of you that need that healing, keep your hand up until they get to you. That's why if you're in this line because you needed physical healing, I want you to stay here and keep your hand up until they get to you. Thank you, Jesus. Alex, Holy Spirit said he's going to teach you how to hear different. He's tired, of, he's tired of you hearing and listening to the lies that the enemy's been trying to tell you about your past. He's going to teach you to hear different. Stop listening. Stop listening to the voices that you heard in the past. Start listening. Start, Hunter, start listening to the voices that he has put in your life. The voices that speak positive. The voices that say good things. The good, good things that God is saying. He wants you to start listening to that. Hear that, Hunter? You've been trying, hadn't you? Huh? 
come up here. Come over here. Put your arm around her. Lay hands on her. Pray for her, Hunter. Pray for her. Pray for her. God's fixing God's fixed to do so. Yeah, just, Hunter, you do, you're going to hear what the Holy Spirit's going to tell you to say, and you speak it to her and pray over Thank you, Jesus. Josh, come here. Come here, Josh. Nothing. Come get some of this oil. There's some folks up here still ready, waiting to be prayed for. Come get some of this oil. Walk around and start helping these guys lay hands on folks. Come on. Come on. Bradley, come here. Come and help us. Brent, Holy Spirit's giving you, giving you a word for somebody up here. I just want you to know you're free. Right? I know you know you don't need it, but I'm telling you, if he, I know how he speaks. He's giving you a word for somebody you, you're free to come up whenever you're ready and you speak it into their ear it's going to change your life if there's somebody up here that you're just feeling drawn you want to come and pray with them come on don't you don't need to I, I don't have to call you out at this point I, I, if, if the Lord is he's speaking to your heart and you're like I want to go up and stand behind so and so I would love that every person up here had somebody with them right now so just come on just, just hop up out of your seat come down Lay a hand on her shoulder. Come and stand with someone. Come pray with some. We're going to baptize somebody in a minute. I'm so excited about baptizing Jack. Can't wait. But I can't, I can't hurry. I can't hurry this, Paul. I just got to gotta stay to it. Kendra and Sudi. The waiting season's almost over. Not quite. Amen? There's a new chapter. It may not look like what it looked like before. You've been waiting to go, maybe you've been waiting to go do what you did before and the Holy Spirit's saying, may not look quite the same as it looked before, but the, but, the, but the season of preparation is almost over. It's not quite. But you've been faithful. You have persevered. God said he knows right where you're at. Got his hand on you. Don't, don't get discouraged, Sudi. Don't get discouraged. You have a voice. And you're not happy about, you're not, getting to, you're not getting to use it as much as you feel called to. But God says, your time's coming. You, you're going to get 
be patient. He says, now that, that you know that the, that the chapter, the new chapter in the book looks a little different than the rest of the book so far. So it takes a little preparation. But he said, be open. Be open to the doors that are going to be opening. And use this season, just use the rest of this time to, to wait on him, to hear his voice. Some things you need that he wants you to know. You don't, you know, you know some things, but there's some things you don't know yet that you need to know and that you're about to be, once you be open to hear that you're about to know that going to help you in the next, in that next phase. Amen. You see that, Sudi? Yep. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. I want y'all just continue to pray. They're going to lead us in the song. Jack and I are getting ready to step upstairs, and, and we'll, we'll see you here in just a couple of minutes.
Well, I'm up here with my bodyguard, bodyguard Isaac. He's the bald one. And, and my good friend Jack. And uh, what a great day to get to baptize him. And he, he's been baptized before, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to put the mic down here and let him kind of tell you what's going on, okay? Yes, yeah, so I was baptized when, when I was little. Um, and it became clear to me more recently that I didn't really understand what baptism was at that point in my life. So just out of obedience, I felt like the Lord wanted me to get baptized again. So I want to do that. And also just the, the privilege to be able to declare in front of all the people that I know are, are helping hold me accountable to, to run after the Lord above everything else, to declare that, that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He's everything to me. He's my God. All of my my hope, my faith and trust is only in him. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins, that he was buried, that he resurrected. So he's everything to me. And I'm pledging a, a clear conscience toward God only through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. So he told me he was going to preach a little bit. Man, I didn't know it was going to be that good and that profound. That's a, that's a great word. You got you have some family here with you today? Amen, amen. Your, his mom and dad are here, and aunt and uncle, and, and so and a lot of friends are here today to celebrate with you today, Jack. I'm proud of you, man. I'm going to baptize you today in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Appreciate all of you. I think Pastor Bradley is down there somewhere with a microphone, so I'm going to turn it over to him at this time.